three, two, one. Hannah, drop the beat. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Way Family Podcast. You are. <laughs> no, Good I'm not. Job. That was a lie. Well, I'm just complimenting you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so take a compliment. <laughs> today was a busy, busy day. And today um, we actually do have an interesting topic. Um, I mean, not like we didn't have interesting <laughs> topics before. <laughs> That's how you are sounding. <laughs> but today we we have an interesting topic uh, just some house cleaning stuff first. Not house cleaning. Housekeeping. Housekeeping <laughs> stuff. Just, I don't know what you're going to say, though. Just some some stuff about the podcast first. First off, I apologize for the audio quality last week. It was crazy having five guests and two microphones, and I listened to it, and I cringed. So it was hard to follow, and it was well, just like when there's a conversation with seven people happening, it's already hard to follow, especially if you're not physically there for it. So we didn't mean for it to be like that. We just wanted to include our friends in, in the podcast, but we didn't mean for it to be hard to follow if that was the case for you. So sorry about that. Yeah, and editing it because I ran two condenser microphones on that episode. To catch everyone, we got a lot of background noise, and I don't know a lot about audio, so I tried cutting a lot of it out, and it was difficult to edit. So I apologize. I hope you could follow. I hope the audio quality didn't bug you, and I hope that you enjoyed um, the podcast. But we do have one person who did not enjoy the podcast, it seems, (laughs) and they sent a really sweet message to us. Um, where is it? Oh, no, it was actually two. Two, two trolls this week. Two anonymous trolls. They're always anonymous. Yeah. You know, I, I would actually really respect someone if they would give us negative feedback. Yeah. And like, if those people, like, said it, but they put their face to it, I would respect that. Yeah. But when it's anonymous, it just... It seems cowardly. Cowardly and obnoxious and trollish. Yeah. So here's what they had to say. Here's troll number one. Groundbreaking. People who bring people on who validate your life choices. With each podcast, it becomes more clear that your brand of Christianity is arrogance masquerading as humility. Ooh, ouch. Burn. You're right. We are the most arrogant Christians. Okay. (laughs) Well, okay. Here's actually what happened. Hannah said that our friends, our friend Titus, um, was going on a road trip and he needed a place to stay. And I was like, yeah, totally cool. Um, also cool that he gave us more than a 12-hour advance. Yeah, it was a couple days. Three-hour advance. Shout out to Titus for that. <laughs> but he also brought two couples. Now, I didn't know that he was bringing two couples. I just knew that he was bringing some fr- friends. Some friends. So it ended up being two couples and Titus and these two couples I had never met before. Um, I hadn't either, but I was friends with one of them on 
Instagram, but we didn't know them at all. And we didn't know like even what we were going to talk about on the podcast until like we sat down to talk about it. And so what happened was they got here. We had to record. We had to record that day, that night. Um, because the podcast needed to come out the next day. Yeah. And yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. The that's... next day, that's when I posted it. So um, we weren't going to just ditch them for two hours because our roommates had never met them either before. And so we decided to record with them. And as we were thinking about what topics we could talk about, I just had a little bit of information on them. I didn't even know that they were Christian I, um, well, we also didn't know how young they had gotten married because they got married a lot younger than we did, which is fine and everything, but that's not like, I don't know with anything we talk about in the podcast, it's not like we're trying to convince you of something and say, this is the best way. This is how you have to do it. We're just, you know, talking with people that have experienced this getting married young and maybe trying to tell people who think it's bad to get married young that. Maybe it's not so bad, you know, and just like challenge a little bit of your thinking. Yeah, and... but for me, I actually did say that I think it is a good thing to get married young. Yeah, but not the best and only way to do it. That's yeah. not what you're meaning. Well, and it's my own personal opinion. So Yeah, and you're welcome to that. If people don't like my own personal opinion, I'm not saying that my own personal opinion is right. Obviously, I think that it's right, but I'm not saying that. You have to think it's right. You have to think it's yeah. right. And so we didn't know that when these people were coming, what we were going to talk about. And we got to know them a little bit and figured out how young they were when they got married. And I thought that that was interesting and we should talk about it. So yeah. we talked about it. And and really, if you think that we're just, if you really honestly think that we're just arrogant and then trying to pretend to be humble, then why do you listen to us? If I thought that about someone, I would not listen to the podcast anymore. I would be annoyed and I would turn it off. So just don't listen anymore. It's okay. You don't have to. My feelings are not hurt. Nor are mine. <laughs> and then this is troll number two. Re, colon, episode 11. It means regarding. In parentheses, selfishness. First question, colon, if, comma, Zach claims, comma, we don't deserve anything, comma. Do we not deserve fundamental human rights, question mark? Why are you saying the punctuation? I don't know. I just, I started and <laughs> okay. I figured I should Good keep stop. saying it. <laughs> okay, go I on. I was like, oh, this would, uh. <laughs> okay. So, first question. If Zach claims we don't deserve anything, do we not deserve fundamental human rights? Um, that's a, that's a dumb question. Basic fundamental human rights, yes. But... A cell phone? No. You don't, it's not basic. You don't deserve that. Yeah. And the reason why you don't deserve that is because there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of research and development that has gone into making that cell phone. Someone had to make the microchips. Someone had to design it. And you cannot force those people to work for you to give it to you for free. It is not a basic human right. So what you know? would you say is a basic human right? Fundamental human right, basic, whatever. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
food and water, do you think? Yeah. It's part of life. So I'm just, I agree with you because like, if that's a basic fundamental human right, if you're saying, these people are saying that cell phones are a basic fundamental human right, then like there's so many people around the world that don't even have food. Like how can you say that you deserve a cell phone when some people don't even have food, you know? Or education. Is education a a basic fundamental human right? Well, the right there is the right to learn, but education is different than learning. You can't force other people to work for you for free to teach you things. That is not the way that the world works. That is not the way the the world should work. Um, and yeah, so I understand what you're saying, but I'm still going to agree with my previous position that there are so many things that people think that the world owes us and the world does not owe us those things. And if you have a problem with that, like I didn't create the way the world works. It's not my fault. So... And hard work is not a bad thing either. You can agree with me or you can disagree with me. I don't care really either way. Number one, because I don't know you. You're so sassy today. (laughs) I love it. Okay, go on. I'm sassy because we just got back from the Strawberry Festival. Strawberry Festival was awesome. But the people there, geez Louise. They don't know how to walk. It's just a little stressful. It's like... like Okay, if you're walking in the middle of a, a large, large crowd, you do not stop right where you're at and just like stare or like check your phone or anything like you keep walking if you have to do something you kind of get out of the way of traffic that's just like considerate there was a lack of considerate people Mm -hmm. today definitely that makes me sassy Mm -hmm. it would make anyone sassy okay last part of the question Second question, if every single thing we do has a selfish motive, as you claimed in this episode, doesn't that completely contradict the somewhat selfless, quote, selfless act of marriage you described in the most recent episode? See the importance of not just mindlessly rambling and recording yourselves, dot, dot, dot. Ooh, so ominous with the dot, dot, dot. You must (laughs) think you're so cool. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know what, if we, if oh. I was sitting with you down at a coffee shop, I feel like we might get along and have a normal conversation like normal people do, but I don't get people's urge to say things like this. So let me break this question down. If every single thing we have, if every single thing we do has a selfish motive, which we talked about, yes. I, I think that it does. Yes. Maybe even if it's a subconscious selfish motive, yes. Right. Then doesn't that completely contradict the somewhat, quote, selfless act of marriage that you described? Well, it cannot completely contradict the somewhat selfless act of marriage. I don't think that anyone said that marriage was a selfless act, but I think... It's not. I don't think so. And when you think about it, like, I married Hannah because I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. I married Hannah because I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. It's not because I married Hannah because I wanted her life to be so much better Mm -hmm. by being married to me. Because honestly, I'm not like that great of a guy. (laughs) But. Yes, you are. No, I'm just saying like if I, 
if I was oh, doing gosh. something selfless, yeah, I don't know if that would have been my choice, my course of action. Yeah, because like when you decide to get married, it's like you think about you're like you're in love with this person, you like to be around them, you have fun with them, they make you feel good. It is like I don't think that marriage, especially initially, I don't think that it is like selfless much at all you know like not i said that so badly but i don't think it's very selfless at all is basically what i'm saying it's like about the way that you feel and the way that your happiness is and you know right and that's part of love part of love um it revolves around selfishness which sucks to say but i really do believe that it's true Mm -hmm. it's like well and even this like if I do something to make Hannah happy, that is good. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not selfless because yeah. if I do something to make you happy, I'm also like I benefit from that because mm-hmm. I get a good feeling that I did something for you. Or even if I was like really humble and serving you, it could come from a very self-centered motive mm-hmm. that I get some sort of great feeling or I find my identity in that or or I, just that I'm like happy with you or like a little happier with you or whatever. Right. Like so if I bring you flowers one day, which he did. Which yeah, sometimes I do that. He did this week. Yeah. I really like them. They're still alive. And if if I do that, it it could be for uh, so many different reasons. So 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 many different reasons. But there could be a reason to to for me to buy Hannah flowers. That is completely selfish mm-hmm. because I know that she really, really loves me after I buy her flowers. Because <laughs> I love flowers. Yeah. But I knew that, Anonymous, you thought you were going to stump me here. But no, it does not completely contradict the somewhat selfless act of marriage. Because we didn't that- say that we didn't say that marriage was selfless either. We weren't. That wasn't like the thing we were trying to like put out either we weren't trying to say when you get married young it makes you very selfless and you are better than other people for getting married young that's not at all what we were saying and i feel like if you actually listened then you would know that that's not what we were meaning yeah if you took your troll ears off and put on normal ears (laughs) you could have heard what we were talking about oh my gosh okay basically what i'm saying is and listen i think that getting married is great because it shows you how selfish you are. And maybe that is how I came to the conclusion that there are no selfless acts. Because mm-hmm. before, I did not realize how selfish I was or how selfish Hannah was. Mm-hmm. And now that I can see that, and maybe, you know, we're just the most selfish people in the world. So our opinion is void. Yeah. But these are our personal opinions. This is our podcast. This is what we think. I think that people just don't like to hear the fact, like, that the reason that they do good things might not be totally pure, you know? I think that this person didn't like hearing that, like, there's no selfless act, even though, well, we think that it's true. I think that's hard to hear for someone who's never thought about that. Yeah, I didn't want to believe that. Yeah, and it's, it is a little bit sad to believe that, but it's true. It is true. Yeah, but what we're not saying is that everyone's selfish and the world's going to end because no one cares about anyone and everyone is looking out for their best interest. That's not what I'm saying. All that People I'm- still do good things, even if they do have a teensy motive of selfishness, you know? 
yeah, that's all. That is all that I'm saying. And I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but sometimes the truth hurts. <laughs> okay. So should we talk about what we're going to talk about? Yeah. Today we are talking about minimalism. What is, what is your preferred term? Minimalism. Yeah. A minimalist living closet. Living with less. Living with less. Oh, yeah. Minimalist closet, capsule wardrobe, and then you yours is... Mine is the 100 Things Challenge. So, Hannah, why don't you explain what a capsule wardrobe is first? Okay. So, a capsule wardrobe is anywhere from 25 to 40, around that area, um, items of clothing that you... That's what you live off of. That's the only clothes that you wear for a certain number of time. Um, I am just so bad at a certain number of time. Uh, A certain amount of time. (laughs) Not editing it. Oh, gosh. Um, So the one that I'm doing, I'm doing a seasonal capsule wardrobe. So for this summer months, starting in June, June, July, and August, I'm um, wearing 37 items of clothes. And that includes shoes, but it doesn't include accessories, pajamas, or workout clothes. Um, cause those, that's different. So 37 items for th- three months and no buying clothes at all in that time. Um, with the rest of my clothes, I already have like my whole thing picked out. So the rest of my clothes, I have my winter clothes are in a bin, a couple clothes that I, that are for this season that I'm not wearing right now for the capsule. I have in a bin and if at the end of my capsule, I still don't want them, then I'm going to get rid of them. And then I have a bin of stuff that I'm just selling on my Poshmark. So the idea is to find 37 items that you have or that you you can buy them for the, your capsule, but you're supposed to just go with what you have and that you love and that you wear a lot because I was I realized I was wearing the same couple of outfits all the time. So you go with your you go with your style and the items that you love wearing and you make your capsule wardrobe based off that and then you just wear those and mix and match. You want to have like kind of versatile items. Um, so yeah, that's what it is. And I am starting it in a couple of days. What is yours? Mine is the hundred things challenge. And so I have done this before. I did it when I was in college. It originally came from a guy named Dave Bruno and he was working at a school in San Diego at Point Loma, and he wrote this book called The 100 Thing Challenge, and it documents his life for, I think it was a year, of him only owning 100 possessions. And he created this because he is a family guy, and they had too much stuff. And if you listen to or read any minimalist podcasts or stories or books or anything like that. That's normally where a lot of people start. Yeah, that's Uh, where I started. Two of my favorite minimalists or simple living um, people are both family people. They're married and they have kids and they write about minimalism. And this book that Dave wrote was groundbreaking for me because he and I have a lot of the same interests and he wrote it not from a perspective of like this is what you should do this is how you organize the kitchen drawer and this is how many socks you should have and 
things like that. But he wrote it from a stance of like a journal of what he chose and what he chose to get rid of. And as he's doing that, he made up the rules for himself and created the 100 Things Challenge. The first rule is that the 100 Things Challenge is Dave's challenge, Dave Bruno. So it is his challenge. And he didn't want for um, friends and family and strangers to interpret and respond to his project that would affect his family. He wanted it to be his challenge, not his family's challenge, not like, oh, well, I just saw your wife buy like six pairs of um, jeans. I thought you were doing the 100 Things Challenge, Dave. He's, his idea was he wanted it to be very clear that it was his challenge. Not forcing it upon And his he's family. not forcing it upon his family, and it's something that he chose to do for himself, not something that he's forcing his family to do. Rule number two was defining personal things. See, he only counted personal items in the 100-thing challenge. So he didn't count his bed. He didn't count the kitchen appliances. He didn't count the car seat. Um, he counted his own personal items. Rule number three is memorabilia. He decided that he was going to keep a small box of memorabilia, but then he decided, no, he doesn't have too much of it, so he's just going to count the things, every all the memorabilia that he keeps. Number four was books. Um, and so I am obviously doing my own challenge, um, and I'm, I'm altering it. Uh, I am not keeping any books at all because all of my books and my entire library is on my phone or on my iPad or on my computer. So I, I know that seems like a cop-out kind of, but the rule for me is that I want to keep all of the clutter at bay. And I don't want to look at all of these books on my shelf and see like, oh, I wish I had time to read this, I wish I had time to read this, or like find a, a home for all of them. So I find that it's so much easier to just do audiobooks and Kindle books, and they're all in one place, they're all in the cloud, I can highlight them, I can take notes, I can share them. Um, it just makes it a lot easier. So that was rule number four was books. Rule number five is a few items were counted in groups, like underwear, socks, um, Rule number six, household items. He kept some tools. Rule number seven, gifts. Um, if he received a gift, uh, he he would have seven days to figure out what to do with it before he counted it to the hundred things. And then rule number eight was new things. Whenever he bought something new, he had to get rid of something else. So what I am doing is pretty much the same thing, minus the books, minus the memorabilia. I'm grouping some Do things. Do you even have memorabilia? Yeah, I have some things from my grandpa. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, so you're not counting that at all? I'm not counting. I No, I am counting it. Oh, okay. If I decide to keep it, I am counting it. Mm. I'm not counting. I'm not. Discounting uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and with books, I am just, I'm not going to have any books. So all of my books are going to be on my iPad. I'll count my phone 
um, the iPad we share, the computer we share. So I'll probably count one of those because those are both 0.5 of a item, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm not going to get so crazy about this Yeah. and like count like the car as half an item mm-hmm. of mine and the bed is half an item of mine and my pillow. Well, that's all yours. I'm not going to count those things is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. So I do have some stuff to get rid of. I'm going to start the challenge um, June 30th. So that gives me some time to purge and sort through stuff. I already know I have to get rid of a couple pairs of jeans. I know I have to get rid of a couple t-shirts. But other than that, I've been living a pretty minimalist life. I just have to sort through everything and figure out what needs to go. I I have good quality stuff that I wear frequently, and I've gotten rid of a lot of the stuff that I don't wear frequently or the stuff that doesn't fit me very well. The thing that I really like about the 100 Things Challenge is Dave starts the book by giving a metaphor or an analogy about cats. And Hannah, I told you about this. What What did you think? Um, I think it's fair. <laughs> so Dave said Makes sense. he grew up with cats and he has cats and cats are different than dogs. Cats are finicky. They only sometimes want, uh, well, most all the times they want your attention, but only some of the times they will give you their attention. Only some of the times yeah, or they love you. Yeah. And the rest of the time, they kind of grumpy. They do their own thing. They're grumpy. They're mean. They're mean sometimes, and then sometimes they just disappear. They're they're cuddly and sweet, so small of a percentage of the time. Right, I feel like sometimes they serve you, and sometimes, sometimes they love you. Sometimes you get a really good cat that's just snuggly and sweet and like the best. But I that has not been. The norm for yeah. in my case. And I used to be a cat person just because I when I was a little kid, I had a golden retriever puppy and it we went on vacation and it ran away and they took it to the pound and some old grouch of a man bought it and he would not give it back to us when we got back from our vacation. He went Zach went up to his door and knocked on his door. He was how old were you? Six, seven. Little toehead six year old. Asking for his dog back with with your dad, right? If we could buy him back. Yeah, to buy him back, not even just give us the dog. And the old grumpy man said no. And he slammed the door in my face. It's like the saddest story I've ever heard. Well, we never got a dog after that, and so we just had a bunch of cats. And I named all the cats, and I liked all of, of the cats. I delivered a litter of kittens. Oh, gross. It was the nastiest thing that I've ever done. Ugh. Because the mama cat was baby cat the mama cat was like only nine months old or something crazy like that she didn't know what to do so she just like had them and then left them in the corner and went on with her life Mm. and they were i still i had to like take them out of the embryonic sack okay gross this is not what we're talking about oh my gosh (laughs) i was a cat person now i'm a dog person (laughs) because cats are finicky and dave bruno uses this analogy of dogs versus cats in consumerist culture a lot of times we buy things that are almost good enough. Not great, not perfect, almost good enough. And they're a lot like cats. 
And when you have a cat that runs away or you have a cat that dies, there's some sentimentality there, but pretty easy to replace. If you have a family dog, that dog loves you. That dog serves you. Unless it's a small little tiny yippy dog. Oh my gosh. Then, and oh. that, that dog always is excited to see you. That dog always wants to play with you. That dog wants to go on walks with you. It wants to make you happy. And we buy cats instead of dogs a lot of times. Metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically speaking. We buy things that are almost good enough, but they're not great. Whether it's like a pair of jeans that fits almost just right. Or a shirt that you love, but um, it... Isn't the best quality. Isn't the best quality. Or, you know, something like that. And we... um, we make exceptions on things because things are on sale and then we buy something that we don't really love or even like, but it was a good price. So, Or like in my case, and I wrote about this on the blog, I wrote a whole write-up of my capsule wardrobe, but like shopping for me and even online shopping too is like an emotional response for me. So like if I'm having a rough day or if I'm stressed, or if I'm emotional, or sad, or lonely, or something, like, I think of, like, what I can do, and that is, like, almost my first, like, reaction is to be, like, oh, let's see if I can buy something on here, and even if it's not, like, totally, like, consciously, like, sometimes it's subconsciously, I'll just, like, go on my phone and be, like, oh, I was gonna look at the new anthro stuff, or, like, stuff like that, and it is, like, I don't even need anything, like, I there's nothing that I need right now. And I would like look on there just to see like what there, I would look in the sales section and just see what's on sale. Because if there's something that's on sale, I could probably just get it, you know, no big deal. But it's like, I didn't even need anything. And like when I would buy stuff, it wasn't even stuff that I really wanted. I just saw it and it was on sale and I was like, Oh, okay, I'll get this. But it wasn't even like I'm searching, I'm like seeking out to get this certain item and I'm going to find it and then that's what I need and that's all I'm getting. It was like, oh, I guess I could get this. Oh, I guess I could get this too. It's just like there's, there, those are two different ways of shopping and I think that that, that one is very dangerous. Yeah, that's like buying a feeling. Yeah, and it's not even like a feeling, not even like a good feeling. It's like, oh crap, I just spent that much money. And for something I didn't even really want. It's like, it doesn't even give me any good feelings. I don't even know, like, I don't even know why. I just, it's like, an, it is like an addiction. It's very weird. And you want to know something weird? As we were packing yes. up, I was packing Hannah's stuff. And it was crazy to me, the amount of clothes that still had tags on it. Yeah. That you had not even worn. I know. And I didn't even go to return them either. I don't know. It's just like... Oh, it just makes me cringe. So that's part of the reason why I'm doing this is to get out of like that shopping spiral. And I, because all the stuff that I wear is stuff that I love. And then there's like two thirds of my whole wardrobe that I don't ever wear and like, or don't fit me right, or, you know, just aren't the right color or just whatever. But I, I don't wear it and I don't need it or want it. And so it's, I don't know. It's just hard because with our in our society, it's so like just an email that I got from Madewell the other day it said something like sale. 
No, well, probably. 50% But off? said, I get like a million of those. They're always having a sale. But they said something like, you need this dress and then you'll be set for life or something like that. Like, you're not complete until you have this dress. This is the only dress you need for summer. Yeah, something like that. And there's just all these things coming at us all the time. And then like on Instagram, you'll like be scrolling and see some famous blogger and be like, oh, that dress is really cute. Oh, she tagged it. Anthro. Let me look at Anthro. I need that dress. It's going to be so good if I have that dress. And then you spend all the money on that dress and your life is still not so good. You know, like just because you buy something doesn't mean that your life is going to be better. No. Like not at all. Things do not bring you happiness. Exactly. (sighs) I'm saying that to myself too. Good. Yeah. Good. Maybe you'll actually listen to this episode. Well, I have already packaged up my things, so I think I'm like set for right now, but you know. I listen to all of our episodes, but Hannah does not. No, I don't. Anyways. Um, what I was going to say is since I was little, I have always been pretty picky. And so it's been difficult. My family always complains how difficult it is to buy gifts for me because I've been so picky. And I don't think that that's a, I think that that can be a bad quality. It's definitely an annoying quality. I'm not yeah. very easy to please. <laughs> I annoying want, for other people, it's not annoying for you. Well, it is annoying for me because sometimes I'm just like, ah, oh, geez, why can't people just make good stuff? The perfect exact way that I want it. Yeah. And it takes a long time to find something that I like. And then when I find something that I like, I'm like, oh, I should probably buy eight of these (laughs) Mm -hmm. just in case, which is a really dangerous mindset to have. Yeah. But I remember they did stop making your favorite jeans. They did stop. You had to stock up. They did stop making my favorite (laughs) jeans. And then they started making them again. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And I bought a pair. And I tried them on and they changed the, the, the like their quality. It wasn't the same denim. It was like paper cardboard pants. And I was sad. And I returned them. Good. It's okay to return stuff. It is. I feel like I kind of get like that too. Or now I'm really picky about jeans also and i'm as i was trying on my jeans that i had that i was getting rid of i was like why did i ever like these like the bottom is not the way i like it like i'm really picky about the bottom of jeans because they have to look good with my shoes you know so then i figure like well if i can't find the perfect jeans then i'll just have to get you know less than perfect jeans and then i have to keep searching for more less than perfect jeans because i didn't find my perfect jeans yeah. you know and, and then it's like this cycle that, 12 pairs later you're yeah. like oh crap and it's like that with like t-shirts like i still have never found the most perfect striped t-shirt and so i buy everyone that i see and then i have a ton of non-perfect striped t-shirts and wow i'm just set with a million i i got rid of so many striped t-shirts it's sad but I'm in search of like the perfect one and I think that each one is going to be the perfect one somehow even though I don't absolutely love it and it's not and it's just a waste. Yeah. The thing that Dave talks about also is letting go of future expectations for yourself and that was a big thing for me on hobbies in particular. So Hannah's doing clothing. I'm doing like everything and A lot of my hobbies, I'm holding on to stuff from them because I'm thinking, oh, like one day I'm going to have enough time to get into this. 
And then like surfing. Like surfing. So I am not a surfer. I have surfed before. You have I, friends that are surfers. I feel like all my friends are surfers. Maybe. But I have resigned to the fact that I only have so much time. I would rather spend it on other hobbies. I didn't love surfing as much as I love hiking or backpacking or climbing. Therefore, it's got to go. Mm-hmm. And just because of the time investment and the gear investment, because I am a I'm a gearhead and I demand quality, and it I don't have that much money. <laughs> I can't sink in all that money to, for all of the surfing gear because I know I'd get in way over my head, and then I would be spending less time with my family. I'd be dropping a ton of dough on gear, and then my other hobbies would be neglected. The ones that you are more passionate about. Right. And so I've narrowed down. I've had to have a purge mentality on hobbies also. Which is kind of hard because then you're saying, I am never going to be a surfer. Like when you are getting rid of that surf gear, you're like, that's a part of me that is never going to be because I'm getting rid of it, which that is kind of hard too. It is hard, but it's very freeing. Mm-hmm. It's a very freeing feeling after the fact. Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh, good. I don't have to live up to this expectation that I had set for myself in the future that one day I would get into this. And now it's not an option. Mm-hmm. So that is actually really freeing. And that's not to say like, if I am hanging out with friends who are going surfing, I'm going to be like, no, I don't do that. <laughs> if they have a board and a suit, or if it's not freezing balls cold, then I'll go surfing with them. Um, so that is something that I liked about Dave Bruno. He talks about like his idea of being a carpenter one day, and he held on to all of these tools, and he never had the time to get into carpentry. And he just had to let go of the future expectations for himself and focus on what was here and now and what he actually loved and was passionate about. And once he let go of the future expectations that he had set for himself, then he was free from that. It was no longer Mm -hmm. taking up like that brain space. Or the physical space. And he was free to focus on things that were more important to him. And it wasn't like weighing him down. So I'll put the link to the 100 Things Challenge, and we'll be keeping up with our updates. Um, we'll update you Wait, I, as we go. Wait, I to say about this. Yeah, I'm just telling them about oh. the book. Okay. So, color palettes. I think that this is a lot harder for girls than guys, but some guys might be different than me. I mean, probably they are. So, one hard part about setting a wardrobe that is minimalist is matching and you're like oh no if i only have 30 pieces of clothes how are they all going to match well you have to be strategic about it you have to pick a color palette or you have to pick clothes that are going to match that i think that it is a lot like the capsule that i'm doing because i had to pick clothes that are going to go with the other things like my layering had to like go together or I'm not going to wear any of it. So it makes a lot of sense to me. But for people who aren't doing a capsule, well, especially for girls, I think that that is not really something they're aware of. Yeah. When I buy clothes, it's black or blue jeans, black or brown shoes, 
gray shirts. It's almost always brown shoes for you, I think. Almost yeah. it's like hiking shoes. Right. Gray shirts, neutral so colors. So many gray shirts. Neutral <laughs> colors. I just buy neutral colors and yeah, maybe it's boring, but it's like a uniform. It's like this is Zach it's classic. Mm-hmm. This is what Zach wears. Mm-hmm. Blue jeans and a gray shirt. And if you like it, like that's something that I was thinking about for this. Like, I don't know who I'm trying to impress with all these outfits, you know, like I'm not trying to impress anybody because I don't really care what other people think because I really like the outfits that I wear, even though it's just the same three or four outfits on rotation. But like, I don't have to impress anyone. Like, I don't owe anybody cute outfits. You know what I mean? Like, you don't owe anyone fashion. Right. Because we are not fashion designers. We are not fashion bloggers. We're not fashion people. Like, we don't owe them that. And I don't know why I felt like I did. Or maybe that's not why I was doing it. I don't know. I don't, I'm just realized that I like my style. And I'm just going to wear the things that are in my style. Because when I did my last capsule, remember how we were talking about, like, the girl that I was inspired by to do a capsule wardrobe my first time around last spring? She's from the blog Unfancy and her name is Caroline and she has her style is a lot different than mine. It's really cute, but it's a lot different than mine. And I really wanted to have that be my style. Like I loved her style. She made it work so good with her body type and with like it just worked really well for her. And when I tried to do her style in my capsule, it just like kind of backfired on me because I didn't want to wear any of it because it was a lot of like kind of preppy, more way more made well style than like what I am. I'm more like free spirited, like flowy dresses under everything kind of thing. And so when I was trying to do like this totally different style, it was it just made me not want to wear anything and I just was wearing t-shirts every day and I felt so frumpy and I didn't like it. So there was a couple tears shed. Yeah. Cause I was so bored. I was like, why did I do this to myself? But I think that now like I've, I didn't, I haven't done one since then, but I think with this one, it will hopefully be better. Cause it's all the stuff that I already wear. Yeah. And you, you do you. Yeah. Everyone. Originality. Yeah. You do you boo. Um, the other thing that I was going to say is when you have a limited color palette and everything matches, like I buy jackets and shirts from Patagonia and their color palette, it's, they stick with the same colors. So my red jacket matches my red hat. The green in my other green hat matches the flannel in my green and they like none of them are clashing it all works together gray goes with everything and it has and i'm gonna say that this is gonna happen to you when you start your capsule wardrobe your time getting ready in the morning is going to go down drastically yeah probably because you're not gonna have to worry about matching and you're not gonna have you're not gonna have so many decisions yeah and when you have less decisions and you know that all of them are good because it's all what you want, uh-huh. then you literally just pick whatever is clean yeah. and put it on and wear it. There is no decision making. It is get out of bed, put on clothes. Yeah. Who cares what it is? Yeah. Well, I still am going to try to like, you know, mix and match and try some new things. But the basic concept of that is, yeah, this is 
it doesn't really matter what you it really doesn't matter what you wear like in th- in the scheme of things like it doesn't matter what you wear no one's gonna care if you wore the shirt you wore yesterday nope who's gonna care if someone asks you like didn't you wear that yesterday then why do they care what you wear so much so because i remember the days when i'm just like grab stuff off, grab stuff off the floor like probably the same thing i wore yesterday like my flowery slip and my black long sleeve shirt that goes so well together i when i just grab them and put them on i know they look good together i don't have to like fix stuff in the mirror and like try to like tie knots or like make things work it's just the day flows easier because i have a toddler that i'm watching all the time and I just got to get ready fast. So it just, it also just really works with my lifestyle. So. Yeah. Here's my decision-making process when I wake up in the morning. Okay. Tell me. I do the sniff test. Oh my gosh. Does it smell bad? (laughs) Okay. Not wearing that. (laughs) Easy. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, hey, you guys should try it. You can either try mine or you can try Hannah's and join us on this little journey. Yeah, and you can check uh, check the blog. We'll both be writing about it on the blog and probably sharing some things on Instagram. But we want to be like as real about it as possible. So like when I get bored with my clothes, I'm going to probably do a blog post about it. You know, stuff like that. We want to be honest about the process because it's not... I don't know if it's going to be easy or what, but it's not like the easiest thing to go from having a full wardrobe to only having 37 items or going from having, you know, all the stuff that you own to only having 100. So we'll tell you how it really is. And I'll probably do some gear reviews of the stuff that I decide to keep because I have acquired a lot of camping stuff and it has, it is too much now. It's, I think I've got too much camping and backpacking stuff. So some of the decisions that I'm going to make as I purge stuff is does it serve multiple functions? And if it does not serve multiple functions, then it's gone. Like dress pants. They only serve one function. I don't need them. Mm -hmm. If someone wants me at their wedding so bad and I have to wear dress pants then I can borrow them from someone. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to have to accept the fact that I'm wearing jeans. Oh, hon. You okay. know? Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not well, a super... Well, it's not like you're ever going to wear dress pants other than a wedding, but if you're in a wedding, it's going to be very specific dress pants. It's not going to be the ones you already have. Right, right. So yeah. it would be totally different. Like, there's no reason for you to keep them at all. <laughs> but also things like, um, can I use this at work and can I use this in my personal life? Um, can I use this when I'm camping and can I, I use this in my normal life? So everything for me has to serve double, double duty. And I'll be blogging about that and the the stuff that I keep. And Seth Godin, who was at the conference that I was at this week, has inspired me or actually personally challenged me to blog every single day. And currently... I'm sucking at it. I'm two days behind. Wait, when did you do a blog post? I did. It wasn't a blog post. I had to write something for the church. But Oh. Yeah. It was when I was at the conference, which was oh, yeah. awesome, by the way. And I love Dallas. and um, Dallas, Texas. Way to it, go. It was a little uh, like muggy, but it was good. It was just really busy at the conference. And anyways, that's that. Okay, so some of my favorite things this week. 
Um, the first one is vegetable spiralizer. Well, really spiralized vegetables, but you need the spiralizer to do it. Um, if you've never heard of vegetables, of spiralized vegetables, um, it's basically a substitute for pasta. You cut, you use this contraption to cut different vegetables, zucchini, sweet potatoes, carrots, squash, into really thin little ribbons, or you can do like just really thin little strings, kind of like spaghetti. And then you use that instead of pasta and you like put spaghetti sauce on it or like Alfredo sauce or whatever you want really on it. And it's like a healthier version of pasta, like a carb, low carb meal. Um, And I have just really been loving those lately. You might think it sounds crazy to think that vegetables could be a replacement for pasta because it's definitely not pasta. It's different for sure. And pasta is so good. But I really, really like these almost. Well, I do like it better than pasta. It just takes more work than pasta because you got to spiralize them or peel them and then spiralize them. And, you know, it's just more work. But in my opinion, it's better and it is healthier for you. So um, my favorite thing that I'm talking about is the actual contraption that makes these spiralized veggies that are so good and so we'll put the link down below to the one that we have that we really like and my favorite way to do it lately is um to take sweet potatoes well this recipe is from my friend maggie by the way take sweet potatoes and spiralize them um and then brown some ground beef or ground turkey and once that's browned pour like marinara sauce over it and then just have that on top of the spiralized sweet potatoes and it's like a healthy version of spaghetti it's so good and sweet potatoes are so good for you so yep that's my first one my second one is okay my friend jenny is a makeup artist in la i think she works for rebecca minkoff and she's a really good makeup artist she went to a really prestigious makeup school and she's very good at it and she has an instagram account where she shares tips and um advice and like makeup reviews and um, how to get cheap makeup or how to get a cheaper version of an expensive makeup and like all these things she shares on there and it's really helpful for someone who doesn't really know much about makeup or like even know like what makeup to get for certain things or what makeup is best for your skin type or whatever so um, her Instagram has all these really helpful tips and you should check it out her name is Jenny and we'll put the link below to her Instagram. It's Jenny Reese, M-U-A. Um, but yeah, we'll put the link below and you should check that out. Zach? All right. I have a couple of things that I've been enjoying this week. The first one is the Zoom H6. I have been getting used to recording on this. I'm just using two Shure SM58s right now. And um, it's pretty handy. It's battery powered. Um, it has an SD card, has four XLR combo or quarter inch inputs, and then a, a stereo microphone on top, an XY microphone or a side address microphone. It does require post editing, which I don't love, but it's portable and we can have more than two inputs. And um, it's really nice because we can just record wherever we are. So right now I'm walking around our house and it's pretty nice. Forrest just woke up from his nap, and he's watching Puffin Rock while Mom makes some spiralized vegetables. 
So I'm just going to sit out here and tell you guys, sit with Forrest. Forrest, you want to say hi? Good job. Good job. The other things that I've been enjoying this week are a band called I the Breather. Found them on Spotify. They're post-hardcore, and I really have enjoyed how, um, I don't know, just like, they like pumped me up. I was listening to them at the climbing gym, and I was like, oh, I can climb a million more routes, but I, I couldn't. And then the another thing that I've been enjoying lately is Bishop Briggs. She came out with a new song. It's on Spotify, so she has a total of three songs out on Spotify, and they're all really good. The last music recommendation or music that I've been enjoying lately and excited about is Silent Planet is coming out with a new album. They're hardcore, and their album comes out June 2nd. It is sounding like it's going to be pretty sweet because um, there's a song that they have up, a music video for Panic Room, so you can check that out on YouTube. The last thing that I've been enjoying this week is a new author that I found. His name is Patrick Lencioni, and I finished one of his books. It's called The Ideal Team Player, and right now I am reading three ideal questions for the frantic family. He was one of the speakers at the Dallas Seminar, and I really, really liked him, even more than Seth Godin. So that is saying a lot. He has the same Myers-Briggs personality as Hannah, so maybe that's why I liked I liked him so much. But his writing style is awesome. Um, it is like a narrative, a fictional story at the beginning of the book, or actually 75% of the book, and then the last like two chapters is application. So it's really easy to read or listen to, like me. And it gets you really involved in the story, and then you kind of draw application points from that. So those are the things that I've been enjoying lately. And... um I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that you have a great Memorial Day. Um, I am also very thankful for all of our troops, everyone who has served, um, and it is Memorial Day. And so I think instead of just uh, wearing red, white, and blue and going to go celebrate that maybe we should take a little bit of time to think about the sacrifices that were made for us to have the freedom and liberty that we have now. So, with that being said, happy Monday. Hope you have a great week. Enjoy the rest of it. Hope I didn't hurt your feelings. And, um, what else? Uh, rate, review, subscribe, and share, and we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Oh, wait, let me run out here and have Hannah say happy trails, or goodbye, or whatever she says. All right, and we will see you next week. See ya! Happy trails! Catch you on the flip side! Wait, do you have a joke?
Oh, Hannah's cooking lunch right now, so we'll have a joke later. What did, um, how did the bubble gum cross the road? I don't know. He was stuck to the chicken's foot. He was stuck to the chicken's foot? Yeah. Yeah, foot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can get Forrest to laugh. Forrest. It's a negatory on forest laughing. It's too enthralled with his apple. All right, until next time, we will see ya. Bye.